All right. That's that's it for the Mount Rushmore's. Let's let's see what else we got here. Okay. Let me let me introduce you to this. So, in our current uh lull, I think that's the best way to put it of live sports, various outlets have been streaming sports on Twitch and YouTube. And then also your major media have been uh viewing uh, or have been uh, putting up reruns of old games. So um, I think CBS was playing a couple old NCAA tournament finals um, on the on the streaming, like the game streaming side. Uh, the college basketball subreddit has a tournament going on on uh, NCAA or College Hoops 2K18. Um, the baseball subreddit was streaming a Nats versus Mets game uh, on MLB The Show 20 earlier today. Uh, and it's a very interesting time for live sports for the sports world um to the point where it seems like things like i racing which is like a very realistic racing sim is just as fun to watch at, or if not more than nascar like live in person nascar so let's let's talk about this how much have you watched of either of these does this scratch your live sports itch during this lull? Uh, that's two very interesting questions. Uh, first, uh, I have not watched any uh, sports streams, but I have watched a lot of reruns. Um, it comes with a hot take. One thing I've definitely reinforced is I like the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament far more than I like uh, finals. Um, that's not super relevant to the question. Oh, no, I, no, no. I can tell you exactly why. Because you remember, you and I both remember being in like middle or high school, and the games would come on right around lunchtime for those <laughs> first two rounds, and no one would do anything in class. Everyone would be watching the games on their phones. Or, yeah. or the teacher would just say, screw it. I'm not teaching today. I know you're not going to pay attention. We're just putting the TV on, and we're watching today's games. That yeah. is exact. I am the exact same way. The re- after that second weekend, when there are no games on during work days or during school days, it just gets so much fun because it's not as naughty to watch it. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's the same way I was with like afternoon baseball and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I have been watching a lot of reruns. Um, my personal plug is for uh, like sports that you don't know, like you've never seen can be just not that i don't think there's as big of a buy-in because it's not live like you know there's you'd you'd have to suspend disbelief too much to be like oh my gosh i'm invested like a real like live sporting event but i think like re-watching world baseball classic games on mlb network that i don't remember the ending to or um oh what was the other one uh it was a old like conference tournaments not even like the the big ones it was like some random oklahoma not tcu ah it's not that important but you know uh, oklahoma iowa state that's what it was and it was a good game it was a tight game and yeah i i enjoyed watching it but i don't think i think this proves as much as ever that live sports are never truly going to go away from our culture they are so ingrained in what we see as community and like uh everyday events and it's how we we our 
we are too ingrained to the feats of athletes and humans and peers um, to say, oh yeah, it's fine. Like just, just sim all of MLB on a computer. Like it's, it's not the same. You can't go to watch. You can't make it a, an experience, you know, so much of the sports world. And I think that's something that we all miss is going to, we were talking about volleyball in that environment, going mm-hmm. to and watching a game, going to McCamish and watching basketball, being a part of, if you're a soccer fan, a supporters section or the bleacher bums or, or whatever it is, the having a beer and a, uh, and a hot dog, which by the way, we were finally able to at Russ Chandler. And then the next weekend it ended. Oh, figure. Um, but no, like you get what I'm saying. Like it's, it's so much of a, like a community and a socializing aspect that once things go back to normal, they will go at least most of the way back to what they were, you know, like the, you, you'll never be able to replace March Madness with guys playing a 2008 video game, you know, but, but, you know, it, it does show that the value that that does play in terms of distraction and legitimate entertainment value that I think for a long time has been, uh, or, or really forever has been not belittled, but just kind of like poo pooed as like a, a niche kind of thing. You know, there's, there's legitimate value that comes out of, electronic entertainment right and i I think this proves that oh yeah and i i agree with you to a certain extent i i think i do agree that the world will go back to normal i don't think that like nascar racing is going to go fully esports like one that the audience is not that the (laughs) esports and nascar audiences do not overlap let's let's get that out of the way first and and two I think the athletes, like NASCAR drivers, are also just going to want to get back in the car. Like they're yeah. they're going to want to be in their car and in control of their own physical domain. So things will go back to normal. Like it, whether it's athlete driven or audience driven, it's going to go back to normal. But but I want to hit on the point that you made about there's a place for electronic entertainment. As someone who honestly has watched a lot of the, like all of these different types of content that I listed, like. I was talking about the college basketball tournament on on two K eight. I was uh, I watched a little bit of that uh, Nationals Mets uh, game on the show or earlier today. I even watched some of NASCAR racing last weekend on on Twitch or, or like Big Fox is airing that this weekend. Like these are, I think, especially in cases where you can simulate the game live, like you can pu- you can throw on a FIFA match. And, and set it to 20 minutes oh, or th- like yeah. halves or whatever. And you can still bet on that game. Sure, it's all like it's all simulated and it's all computerized, but you don't know what the outcome is gonna be. You can still you can still bet on it, you can still watch it, you can still enjoy it. I think it gives you the same thrill, right? I, I think the sports at, at a certain level are all about feeling that emotional high, feeling that emotional thrill and that and that anxiety that we were talking about. And part of yep. that is built by, part of that is built by being in the stands, but part of that is also driven by the on-field action and the tension that builds with every game action, and yeah. you still uh, get that mm-hmm. part when you're watching a stream. When you're watching, like I, I don't know, I was watching like the, the Cespedes uh, uh, family barbecue on Twitch or, or Twitter, and then also on Twitch was uh, streaming a. Uh, 
a, a, a game of backyard baseball 2001. Yes, that is an almost 21-year-old game at this point. But it's still fun to watch. It's still like the, the people that are hosting it, the people that are interacting with the game, they make it entertaining to watch. Or the game action, like in, um, I, like for for example, the the our college basketball sims, like those make it entertaining to watch. They have the same amount of thrill, the same amount of like game action anxiety as a live game. And and I honestly think for now. I'm not going to say it completely satisfies that urge, right? But for now, it is a good alternative. Yeah, I uh, I will say I used to be a hater on esports and FIFA and not really Madden. I guess that's just because I grew up playing it. And same with the show at like the 2K games. But um, but I the this summer I lived off campus while I was working with a couple of my friends and a lot of the like impetus to make me change was watching uh, one of them. Not, I don't want to roast him and say he always loses in FIFA whenever he plays anybody. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Like, go ahead. Like, he, he usually does fine, but when he loses, like, like there's emotion involved. And it, it's, it's not saying I watch it for the schadenfreude of, of like, no, oh, you do. Bad. You do at a certain extent. Let's, so let's do. You know, like, that's part of the entertainment value. It's the, Batman just tried really hard and either won or lost, you know, and, and there's, there's good value that comes from that. But I, I don't know, like the defining moment in my, uh, uh, like physical sports watching, uh, uh, I guess experience, like, uh, the, the extremes that I've seen are watching uh, again, this will be a little spoiler for later, but the, the 400 free relay in 2008, um Blake Griffin jumping over the Kia in the dunk contest. Uh and uh oh my goodness, what was that home run? Uh if it, are you talking 2016 World Series? No. Uh, no, it was Schwarber's 2015 uh moonshot that went over the scoreboard. Like I feel like like the reason live sports are different than esports is because if like some simulated thing jumps over a car you go of course they did it that's a computer uh, like of course they came back like that that was the computer doing whatever but th there's just the spectacle and awe and humanity of sports that like that i don't get and that's why i like reruns uh pivoting um i was watching the 2017 world baseball classic and marlins park was packed with which US is something you never play. see. You never like, see Marlins Park pack. No, that's the, that's the beauty, and that honestly, suspension of disbelief right there. If anything, but, oh, absolutely. But like that's why I like these reruns, and uh, and to spoil what we're going to get into next, I would love to start breaking into tech reruns, um, especially of games that I haven't seen before, because it's my team. It's my you know the the you have a reason to be invested. Yes, is the, is in, the thing, right? Yeah, in a way that, like, like I'm invested in the sport of college basketball, not in the sport of dudes playing college basketball-related video games. You know, I'm invested in the Cubs. I'm invested in Georgia Tech. I'm invested in the Blackhawks. Hell, I'm even invested in Atlanta United and Atlanta and the Braves and stuff now too. Since I've been here for that long, now 
You're but, welcome uh, for that one. It's a tough a lot life. Of it I'm glad I haven't spent 85 bucks on that King's kit yet. But uh, yeah. maybe if they had come out with that two years ago, you get uh, flamed a little bit less by the internet. But that's neither here oh, nor God. there. <laughs> um, but no, but, but I, I like the reruns. I, I that That's what gets me more entertained. But I'm also a nostalgic sap. Um, and that's oh, kind of what absolutely. It, I, I so, think... So this kind of begs a question for us, right? Should should we do one? And what what would we do with a rerun? Like I think, especially over the last thirty years of tech sports history. So I I mean we'll take twenty twenty and then go back to nineteen. Uh, what would that be? Nineteen ninety. Hey, <laughs> I wasn't a math major, all right. Um, so you have like that is a perfect amount of time to capture arguably some of the highest highs of tech sports, right? Because you have. Yeah. The 91 Citrus Bowl, you have the 90, and, and you have the 90 Final Four. Four. Mm-hmm. You have the 94 War, uh, College World Series. You have the 06 College World Series. You have yeah, four Final Four. You have the, uh, crap, the 06 ACC title game. You have yeah. the 09 ACC title game. You have the 14 ACC title game, which, I mean, lost, but still. You have, uh, Clean old fashioned hate in 08, 14, and 16 would be good rewatches. Granted, I think I've seen 2016 a million times. Now you have, uh, whatchamacallit, I've only seen most of the 2014 Orange Bowl honesty time. Um, I don't think I've actually watched all of it all the way through. Hmm. We're so young. Um, that's, that's either near nor there. I, yeah. I think the point is like, we, we have lived on the, like, I think modern media gives us the the best way to consume all of this older, like the, these older vintage vintage e vintage is uh, calling something in nineteen ninety vintage would make a lot of people mad. But <laughs> saying like we're able to take advantage of the technology to to go back in time, and and especially yeah. since we have not seen these, like I have never watched the like the Citrus Bowl all the way through. Like I said, I didn't watch the Orange Bowl all the way through. Nineteen Virginia game. That's what. That's the one I want to put at the top of the list. Yeah, the the the, the, the ninety Virginia game. Like all that's of it. these moments that we have read, that we have talked, that we have. Um, I don't know. Like we we exist yep. in a shared memory, like a shared Georgia Tech memory and fanhood, right? But we've never yeah. actually seen these. So it's, yeah, it'll be awesome to like get a couple of us, a couple of us on the staff. On uh, on on like a Zoom call or like a, a Google Hangout, stream the game, and just like have our live thoughts on on the game and just watch what happens. Because I think a lot for a lot of us, I mean, we're like a ten to fifteen to twenty person staff. Like, I mean, a lot of us are are less than thirty, obviously, and a lot of us probably haven't watched these games. Yeah. Um. Even even just like. Not rant, totally random football games, but like I, I think you could pick a like a decent regular season ACC basketball game or a you know a, a hopefully from a better season baseball. Like, granted, you want to start with the ones that are important to see, like the Citrus Bowl or UVA in nineteen ninety or you know any of the Orange Bowls and stuff like that. But there's there's a really a lot of options as long as we can find find one it's going to be surprising and something we can have i guess hot takes on um no matter what so 
I mean, if you've seen if you've seen our uh, Slack channels or football Slack channel during games, uh, I, I have a feeling that a live watching of a game is going to be exactly like that. Yeah. So um, we might have to we might have to pull out the sensor button um, a lot, but uh, it could be a good time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. All right. All right. So speaking of rewatching, I, I think this. This is a perfect segue into the next, into in the final piece of the night. Let's talk about things that are worth rewatching, but I don't want to talk about the usual stuff, right? We we've talked about Miracle on Techwood, we've talked about the 2016 Cubs uh, World Title, we've talked about the Atlanta United's MLS Cup. I mean, not that I've talked about it, but like we've mentioned it. What we we put together a list here of I think there's like twelve. Entries nine. I don't know. I can't count. Um, One, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plus my honorable mention. Okay, so nine, nine total unheralded sports moments that are one hundred percent worth rewatching. Mr. Grant, start us off here. Oh, the first one. If you have five minutes, you can rewatch this entire thing. And a lot of people hate. I, I again, I will plug swimming first because that is what I do best. Um, but a lot of people kind of hate on the Olympic sports that aren't really the the soccer, the basketball, the the we scored and we won. You know, like it, it's a little bit harder to follow gymnastics or track or equestrian or swimming. Um, but the greatest race in the entire sport is 2008's four by 100 freestyle relay on the men's side. Um, it was part of Phelps's quest for the eighth gold, and I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but uh, uh, there was a lot of smack talk from the French about how they were going to destroy us. There's a lot of points made about how this was defining uh, France as the new power in swimming as, um, as, a, as a justification or a legitimization of their national program uh and beyond just, that from an american yeah. perspective this is that this is your your best athlete arguably your best athlete ever in a lot yeah. of ways uh, questing for a never before seen on the precipice of a never yeah. before seen triumph right yes tune in for that <laughs> yeah. tune, um, if nothing else tune in for that it's america it's american sports greatness it's rivalry with france um i uh i i really can't say much more than that without spoiling it. It's only five minutes long, so I don't want to go into that. But it is the 2008 4x100 freestyle relay uh, on... Uh, and we all know that Phelps uh, did get the eighth gold. That is a well-known But plot. how? But, but it, it, it's about how. how. Yeah. All right. Let's... All right. Let me, let me counter the uh, 2008... Uh, wow. I, I really botched this transition. 2008... Uh, four by 100 with something that happened 10 years later. So in Sochi in 2018, that was 2018, oh, right? Dang. Don't check. Sochi was 2014, dude. God, I really need to get up, uh, get back up to date with my, uh, with my Olympic locations. Anyway, 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics, Pyeongchang winter Olympics in that was South Korea. Yeah, that was yeah. South Korea. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Olympic hockey team uh, made it to the gold medal final versus vaunted rival Canada. The game was tied 3-3 at the end of regulation, so they went to OT. 
OT in hockey, as always, is golden goal. The first team, and what that means, again, sudden death, the first team to score wins doesn't, it's not like soccer where you have to play both periods. You score, you win. In this case, you win a world championship. The stakes do not get any higher. Yeah. They do not get any higher at, at this level, especially in women's Olympic hockey. They, they, this, is the, this is the pinnacle. I'm not going to spoil the end either. Um, go watch it. Honestly, go watch the highlights from the entire match. It is, a, it is an amazing match. I do yeah, not regret cool. for one second staying up deliriously late to watch this. It was on at like 2 a.m. local time when I saw the tweet about, uh, about them heading into, into overtime. Go watch it. Go watch the entire overtime period. You will, you will enjoy it. And here I was thinking that you were going to, uh, going to plug 1980. And I was like, everybody's heard of the miracle on ice, Akshay. Um, but no, I, uh, I'll pivot for my next one. I've mentioned, I've dropped this in as something I've been watching a lot lately. Uh, but the 2017 World Baseball Classic, spoiler alert, America wins. But you get to watch all the players that you're still watching today. play. Well, not literally today. But, you know, all the guys that are still great at baseball in 2020. Uh, were great. We're at still baseball. good at baseball three years ago. Yes, they were still there. Um, so and they get, all agreed to play. Yeah, you get that to was watch the achievement. Your, mm-hmm, you get to watch your favorite players uh, play uh, for in basically all star squads, but not in the weird OP all star. They only get one at bat kind of way, but in like a actual like, competition. Yeah. Um, the the DR versus US game is pretty good. Uh, the Puerto Rico team is very good. Um, there's great storylines coming out of the like the Israel team. Um, so yeah, no, just just good stuff. Um, I really like the World Baseball Classic. But then again, I really like obscure baseball. So go figure. <laughs> so I, I, one note before I we pivot uh, and I give my next next one. The the weird thing with the World Baseball Classic, and I guess this extends to the Olympics, is that, and, and I mean to a certain extent, this also extends to how the NHL treated the last uh, Olympics. Teams don't like releasing their players, and and yeah. soccer is different because if it's a FIFA international break, like a FIFA mandated international break, clubs are required to release their players. But if, if, if a national team is playing games outside of those breaks, the club can say no. Baseball is different. There's no international committee. Well, there is an international committee. Uh, uh, like, MLB, though. But, yeah, but like MLB has empowered their clubs to say, no, we're not. You're, you're, like, this player is not allowed to go to international competition. And that really like, kind of puts the kibosh on things like the World Baseball Classic early on. And yeah. especially if you look at like oh how Olympic baseball is supposed to work, right? Like you Olympic baseball teams are not allowed to have a major leaguer on them. They are allowed to pick from the minors and from the college ranks, uh, if I remember my reading correctly. And it sucks. It's a it's an objectively you like America is obviously I mean, America is one of the top two baseballing nations in the world. And I say top two because Japan, I'm pretty sure, has won previous Olympic tournaments. 
But what about and, like the DR in Cuba? Like it's not like nobody plays the sport, you know? Right, right. But my but, but my point is going to be but my point is going to be an international competition where you know you have a like probably you you could bet on the United States to win over the field and most likely win that bet and like you're not releasing your best players to go compete. Like it's kind of BS. Well, but they're not letting they're not letting Javi go play for well Puerto Rico's part of America, but you know they're not letting Robinson Cano go play for the DR either. So like it it devalues your product as a whole. And baseball is a sport that is trying to grow internationally. It'd be like the NFL saying that their best players can't go play in a hypothetical league. Granted, the only country that plays football really is America, and then you know Canadian football. But if you're trying to grow your brand globally. It makes no sense to not give the world's premier sporting event your best players of your sport, U.S. or otherwise. And and I've I've ragged on this um, more recently when uh, this is another soccer example. Atlanta United has refused to release uh, players for international duty that are not mandated FIFA breaks anymore. And I think that's I also think that's BS. And I, I'm I'm willing to call out the team that I really like team that I really like for doing that it is you do as an athlete and this obviously isn't coming from any sort of biographical sense right but as an athlete you only get so many opportunities to represent your country in an actual competition and not being allowed to because your club sees you more as an investment and they want to protect their investment is just it does not sit well with me whatsoever yeah same, same to the NHL, same to the MLB. I, I, I agree. All right, I think we beat that horse to death. Yeah, we, oh, we. That was a little bit more heated than I wanted to get on that one. All right, let's let's go back to happy. Um, let's go with another swimming one. Uh, this time in Rio, twenty sixteen. Katie Ledecky is an amazing swimmer and an amazing distance swimmer, and she, uh, I think it was in the eight hundred. At least that's what Jake tells me. Where she blew the absolute hell out of the competition she lapped them at least once lapped everyone at least once in this 800 meter race and won gold beating her american record time by 10 seconds i think is what you what you you were telling me before we started here uh she beat her uh rio time by 10 seconds which at the time was an american record but she had been a little bit faster than that since but regardless to drop 10 seconds in a race that's that long when you're already the best in the world is quite significant. She wasn't beaten a race until two years ago. Yep. Okay, so, I mean, obviously it doesn't sound like 2016 to 2018 is that long of a time, but you have to realize that she's beating other international athletes for the most part by, what, like, a, a, like at least 30 seconds in some of these races. And that the London Games came as like a 15, 16 year old. So she's, I mean, she is the female version of Michael Phelps. Mm -hmm. Like down to the age that she started uh, appearing in Olympics at and the amount of success that she's had early on. Like you're looking at the Tokyo Games uh, now in 2021 for that huge, not just a breakout year because she's already had that, but like a huge moment for her. Yeah. uh, If, uh, if London was her Sydney and uh, Rio was her Athens, then uh, Tokyo would Tokyo's, be her thing. Yeah, and I, I think 
when we get to those games, I think it's going to be really fun uh, to watch her compete. Yeah, absolutely. All right, hit me with the next choice. All right, this one's going to be quick, um, but I, I am a sap for local sports. I'm a sap for regional sports. I'm a sap for minor league sports. And uh, the Chicago Wolves are no different. Um, I think it's very fitting to look at Chicago and go to the airport and park your car and realize that all the levels of the parking deck are themed after uh, the local sports teams. But the MLS team is bumped for the minor league hockey team. Uh, okay, well, but, uh, no. in MLS's defense, number of reasons for that in Chicago, but continue. But, yeah, no, so so the Wolves are are near and dear to my heart. We grew up getting, like, $10 tickets on the glass uh, as as kids and whatnot, and, uh, and it, it represents a lot to see them exist as an independent uh, team at a high level. Like, yes, they have agreements with uh with nhl teams to feed them those have changed a lot over the years they were they were the thrashers affiliate uh back in the day actually Rip. Uh, r.i.p thrashers uh undefeated since 2011 um but uh but no it's uh their calder cup run in 2008 was the first like like big sports run that i felt like i was a part of if that makes sense so that was a very defining moment and uh luckily for us all um this was at the time that the Blackhawks uh, were not on the air uh, because of their mean old owner, uh, Bill Wirtz, uh, who said that if he showed the games for free on television, nobody would pay to go to the stadium at a time when nobody was going to the stadium anyways. Uh, so we had the wonderful Pat Foley calling games, um, and they have had a complete TV package for years. So again, just something we, I guess we grew up with in Chicago. Um, sentimental. I, I don't know. It's it's niche hockey's already niche especially for our college football atlanta south southeastern audience but um i don't even know if any of them are out there to watch but if there's something that i like to go back to it's at least highlights from that although i i feel obligated to mention that in uh 16 to 17 your national predators of yield southeastern hockey did sweep the chicago blackhawks the top seeded chicago blackhawks uh, in the NHL playoffs. Yes, uh, that is fair. Uh, I will not acknowledge Nashville. Uh, but uh, also very interesting, this is an aside again, back into the world of hockey politics, that the management of the Wolves and the Blackhawks do not get along. They are not affiliated. Uh, they fired Wayne. Wayne Mesmer is the uh, is a owner of uh, the Chicago Wolves who used to sing basically every Chicago national anthem, White Sox, Cubs, Bears, um, Blackhawks. Um, and, uh, so he bought in, in 94 during the, uh, uh, during the startup of the wolves and essentially, uh, the Blackhawks told him to get out and never come back. Um, and, uh, what he, he was kind of iconic. Um, so again, very interesting to say, uh, wow, we have these two beloved teams, very different fan base types of beloved, but that really don't get along at all even though they're not in the same space they don't have the same league or the same facility but yeah sorry very rambly and off topic but that's pretty on brand for this podcast at this point so hey, you know I'm, I'm down for some hockey wars i was gonna say i i could if i had my thoughts more organized on this i could give you a full hour on all this nonsense but we don't have time okay. for that. well we've already we've already been recording here for the better part of an hour 20 minutes so maybe 
So maybe we'll save it for next time. Yeah, let's let's get us to the end here. All right, let's let's rattle the next couple off real quick. Um, yeah, I had the 2019 NHL playoffs. Uh, I stumbled upon a game, and while I was in California, of the San Jose Sharks, obviously because it's in California, and the Vegas Knights. This was, I think, Game Seven um, of the second round of that year. The Sharks were down 0-4. This was, it was a very weird spot. I mean, they were down 0-4, and I believe it was the the middle of the third period. Uh, someone on the Sharks gets hurt, takes a really bad, uh, takes a really bad hit from a, a Knights player. The Knights player is put, in, put into the box. There's a two-minute power play. The Sharks score four goals during the, entire duration of that two-minute power play to send it to OT and then win an OT. It was one of the most fascinating hockey games I've ever watched. Like, but, I mean, I don't watch that much hockey outside of, you know, the Olympic hockey now that Atlanta doesn't have a team, but one of the most fascinating hockey matches that I've ever watched. Huh. Yeah, go figure. I don't have a lot to add, but I do like hockey, so... Let's play Let's that, do hockey. that hockey, but now and we're going to do some baseball, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, this one's quick. Um, 2016 coastal Carolina college world series, uh, coming from a mid major. Weren't expected to be all that great. Georgia tech swept them in 2016. Um, but they got hot when it counted. Uh, they won their, their region, super regional, and then they won it all. Um, I, I love the underdog stories. So maybe, a little bit more heralded than a couple of the entries on this list, but uh, definitely if you want to feel good story, it's fun to root for the underdog. Yeah. I I remember, I think I remember that season and just being very surprised that there was a school named Coastal Carolina. This was back when I did not watch that much college baseball. I also was not super aware of the rest of the college landscape, and I was just very confused. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my last one, and I had to pull up an old article of mine to really tell the story. Um, it is the, and, and I wrote something different than what I'm about to say here, but it is the entirety of the U.S.'s run to a fourth uh, world championship in the 2019 Women's World Cup um, that was in France. And just to set the mood very quickly, the U.S. in about, two or three years is probably not going to be as good as it is right now at soccer. And that's due to a couple of reasons. Number one, most of your good players are going to age out. Number two, other countries are developing soccer infrastructure or they're just cloning their men's soccer infrastructure for the women. Um, So you're looking at France, you're looking at Germany, you're looking at England, Argentina, Brazil, all are developing younger players or developing female soccer players at younger ages through their academy systems and really uh, churning out high quality, high quality players for their national teams. But those won't bear fruit um, as those won't bear as much fruit or they haven't borne as much fruit um, in the same amount of time as the NCAA's uh, college soccer system has, because it just, they, those academies haven't existed as long. Anyway, sidetrack. This effectively is the, is one of the uh, most like is the best U.S. squad I, soccer team that I have ever seen, bar none. 
absolutely 100% the best. They beat Thailand 13 to zip in the first game. Uh, and they got uh, absolutely, de- ca- like, they got destroyed in the media for running up the score. But also, it doesn't matter. They, they knew that they wanted this championship, and they, go, they went out and got it. They grinded out 2-1 wins all the way up until the final, and then they ground out a two-zip victory versus the Dutch in one of like the tensest I have been, one of the tensest moments I've ever been in um, while watching a sporting event. I think it was so awesome to watch them and to watch them win uh, away from home uh, and – on top of that, they were not the favorite in this tournament. I mean, they were a, I mean, they were close second, but France or England were favored to win this tournament. And by many regards, if you look at some of the penalty calls, maybe England should have at least drawn the U.S. Maybe France should have gotten a little luckier, but they did it. They won. They played passer ball and, and, and gritted out each and every single vis- victory. And you should go back and watch the highlights every single game because it will astound you what they were able to do to some of the best athletes, um, I mean, uh, in, in women's soccer uh, in France. That, is, that has been my soliloquy on uh, that sporting event. Bravo. Um, a true pioneer. Uh, anyways, I think that wraps us up. I do have an honorable mention because I don't really know if it's a sport, uh, but it took place at Camp Randall Stadium. So I'll throw this out there uh, to change things completely up uh, and to give a little love to our marching band, drum corps type folk out there. Um, if there's one show, one performance you need to watch, it is the 2002 uh, Drum Corps International Championship uh, at Camp Randall in Wisconsin, like I said. Um, and it is the Cavaliers' performance of Frameworks. Um, unprecedentedly uh, good score. It was musically uh, drill and uh, choreographed astoundingly. It's all original works, so it's not uh, adaptations of any, uh, of any you know, you got your Les Mis show or your whatever. Um, sorry, not to hate on Les Mis. Great musical, but like, like they wrote this completely from scratch and it blew the doors off anything anyone had ever seen. Um, yes. Great show at the, their score was a 99 point. Um, and it's since been passed, uh, barely, I, I think in my allowing myself to get opinionated here, probably, uh, just for the sake of being passed and score inflation and whatnot. But, um, if you want to see what was, Definitely at the time, the greatest performance of marching music uh, of all time, 2002 Cavaliers uh, Frameworks. I think it's still the best, but that's just me. Um, And again, honorable mention, don't really know if it's sport per se, but it takes a damn lot of talent, uh, and I always looked up to them. So, Uh, In your defense, I think uh, I can name a couple people, a couple demographics that would put women's soccer and uh, marching band invitationals in the same boat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, we don't get a lot of band geek Jake on this podcast. We get a lot of swimming geek Jake, but uh, we get a lot of swimming geek Jake. Yeah, we really do. But, uh, but that does it for, for me on that. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just about out of, uh, out of entries here too. So I think 
that about wraps it up for this uh, bit of a marathon of an episode. But uh, but Ooh. I think we hit a lot of topics. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we made some good quarantine entertainment for y'all. Yep. Um, I guess before we go out, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, if you're bored and you want to play a board game with thousands of your closest friends, hop on the college football subreddit or the college football risk subreddit, my bad, and uh, help Georgia Tech win a national championship uh, in risk. Um, there's uh, plenty of information you can probably find about that online, but uh, we get a lot of asks to, uh, to plug that on the site. And uh, I don't, I, I participate. I kind of just follow my orders. Um, so I don't know a ton about it, but definitely, definitely go check it out. Uh, we're all in this together. We can play a board game with each other for five minutes, I think. But uh, yeah, let's go win. Yeah. Um, so to be honest, I'm not entirely sure when we'll be back. Uh, I think quarantine and uh, the current events have made recording uh, a little difficult but uh we'll, we'll see how things go we'll play it by ear and maybe we'll split this one up into into two pieces to to publish out and uh we'll see how it goes uh, yeah i guess that kind of means we're on hiatus but but not really I, I i don't know how to describe it i'd expect one every two three ish weeks until it's we very can hard to do a sports podcast without sports on yeah, we'll find. We'll dig up some history and vamp on that. We can. We you and I can talk about just about it. We, we can talk about airports. We can talk about food. We can talk about. We can talk about some stupid, stupid stuff. You know. You know what? Let's think about plan it out. Line, you know, there's so much we can do with this. We'll plan it out. We'll save it. We'll. We'll and we'll. We'll keep it in the back catalog for for next time. But until then, stay safe. Take care. Wash your hands. Uh, and, and we'll see you next time. Au revoir. Oh.